Hey folks, before we start, um, I just want to correct the record uh, again. So you're going to listen to the Meaning of Death episode. Um, sounds like a fun one. And I am going to say that this is our eighth episode when it is not. It is in fact our ninth. So this will be the penultimate episode. So if I say, hey, um, this is not our penultimate or this is our eighth episode, Ignore me. I'm wrong. Future Asher knows best. This is the ninth. Uh, you can even count them and, and see. All right, let's get to it. Okay, three, two, one. Asher. Wade. Um, 22 Hours of Park City. And we are uh, here with our, this will be our eighth episode, um, matter of fact. And um, we're, we're going we're gonna to be, be doing the big question today um, which is uh what what happens to us when we die you know and uh we may find out if this cat keeps annoying me um, <laughs> i'm kidding of course don't scratch the bet you know what you're asking to, you're you got a date with the great outdoors here we go there we go all right we good problem uh, yeah, no, that, that's fine. That's okay. People can get an inside view on my life. Um, so there we go. Uh, so uh, we kind of touched on this in the first episode on our, our personal beliefs of uh, death and, and religion and whatnot. Um, so, uh, but let's just refresh the collective audience's memory. Um, I personally do not believe in an afterlife, no life after death. No reincarnation, nothing of that sort. Um, so that's that's my stance. Right. Uh, uh, as for me, I personally believe in just about the opposite. I do believe in an afterlife. Um, specifically, um, my beliefs align more along with uh, Christian beliefs. So I do believe in a heaven and a hell. Um, and yeah, so we'll keep it that basic for the at least introduction. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think it's, uh, I think it's important to note that I, I did believe in, uh, an afterlife and in life after death and, um, yeah, you know, the tenets of those religions when I was younger, as I we talked about in the first episode about how I, um, was originally, uh, I, would identify myself as originally as a Christian and then moved on to Judaism and then moved on to my current state of atheism. Um, uh, and it was probably agnostic in between. Um, but my, my personal feeling right now is that, you know, we got, you get your life, you get your, cause there, there's, you know, there's a certain energy to people and living things. You know, there's there's this, and some people claim to be able to tap into that and, excuse me, um, have psychic abilities in that regard uh, or whatever. But, you know, it's, to me, is just not credible, um, anything on that like. Because there is an energy to people. We know this, you know. You know, you, you can, you, you know, you walk into a room and you're like, whoa, you know, everyone here is pretty stressed. You can you can tell that, but I I don't think that that can equate to uh, psychic readings. I think that's about the extent of psychic um, abilities, and I don't think that that energy equates to a soul that you know, continues on after after death. Uh, I think it's just you die, lights out, um, and you return to the earth. And I am okay with that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my uh, little despair speech, I guess you could call it. Okay, interesting. I- I'm curious, and I, I can't remember if we went over this before. Maybe I'm just blanking. But uh, what what did kind of lead you to like kind of go through your changes of beliefs as you went on through your childhood and your life? Yeah, well, first, first it was, um, first I kind of looked at Christianity and, um, 
was like, okay, yeah, you know, believe in a God, believe in um, this and that. Um, And then once I started, once I was in middle school, I kind of just thought, you know, I, I, um, I, I believe I I, uh, embrace my traditions a little bit. And this is still uh, a a big part of me is my Jewish heritage that I, um, I mean, I uh, take part in certain holidays and I I would like to eventually be bar mitzvahed and all that stuff. Um, But I don't, uh, then I, you know, I was embracing that and, you know, still, because a lot of it's very similar to Christianity. Um, And the only difference, of course, being everything that came after Judaism uh, and that Jesus is not the son of God and all that. Um, Some pretty big differences, but uh, similar enough to the point where I thought, you know, I I can believe in the same tenets and still um, practice Judaism and was just kind of exploring my heritage in that way. And then I was, you know, thinking to myself, okay, uh, you got you know, you, you got the stories in the Bible and in the Torah and, and all that. And thinking this sounds like, um, the, especially what happened, what happens in the old Testament is not a benevolent, loving God. Um, and so kind of looking at Christianity compared to Judaism, I was kind of like, Oh, well, they're both very different and both claim to be the same or well to, to, you know, be true. And it kind of started me thinking, well, you know, everyone's so convinced that they're right. And and everyone presents their thing as absolute fact, but I don't really like, how can that be if there is only one truth to it? And around that same time, my parents were going to um, the Buddhist temple in Battle Creek and I was joining them. And what they were talking about was not necessarily religion, uh, in praying to a God or to a, a deity, but, um, in being at peace with yourself and with nature and how everything is interconnected, uh, and natural. And that was the next step for me. Cause I was still realized that I was worshiping out of fear that I was, you know, not necessarily saying God loves me and that's why I love God. I was thinking, oh, I have to love God. Otherwise, I'm going to burn forever in hell. And and then I got to thinking, well, you know, that's kind of a stupid thing to, you know, you, you, you can't you can't follow something because you're afraid of the consequences if you don't follow it, you know. And so if you claim to have an all loving God, then uh, then if I, and an all knowing God, then if I, you know, praise him just because I'm scared of what he'll do, if I don't, then that's not real. That's not me really loving him. You know, that's me fearing him. And that's not what I think, you know, uh, Christianity is all about. And so I started being able to question that. And then around the time of Buddhism, I found solace in their idea of reincarnation. And so moved towards that. And then eventually, kind of started listening to the their to you know the buddhist monks talks about how you know this is that the, the, everything's everything is connected and everything is one and uh, there is no separation of you know man and nature and the universe and that made a lot of sense to me that this is that this is the moment uh, and there is nothing outside of this moment. Um, there is no future. There is no past. Uh, the past is gone and the future exists only in your mind. And the only thing that is really real is this moment. And that changes, you know, one moment becomes the next, becomes the next. And that kind of, and, and that kind of, you know, combined with my expanding, growing brain that just couldn't accept the things that, religion was touting and i eventually you know moved on from my fear of death be of the finality of death and no longer believed in reincarnation that one day i would come back as something else um and came to accept what i believe today is as truth is that everything is just one great big mess a chaotic primordial soup that gave rise to evolution that gave rise to us 
and we are a cosmic, um, not an accident, because there are no accidents if there are no plans. And so this is just coincidence and happenstance. And, um, and uh, that eventually came to console me, and I found comfort in that idea of uh, I'm not special. Um, be, like, you know, I'm not endowed with some special thing. Uh, I am just me. And in a weird roundabout way, that also kind of makes me special. Um, so just in a different way. Um, yeah, so that, that's, that's how it happened for me. I just, it just kind of eventually, uh, it was like, you know, it was like when you're like, oh, there's no way Santa Claus can make it around the earth in one night. Like, that's just not physically possible. You eventually just start, like, working it out. Um, and I'm not comparing people who still believe in God to believing in, you know, Santa Claus. I'm just saying that was the process for me is it was a very similar and, you know, and I, I was asked by someone um, uh, in Germany, if I was open-minded enough to be convinced that God is real. And I'd never been asked that before. And I thought, no, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very open person. Um, and, and of course, you know, there's the possibility that everything that, you know, anything is real. So I guess there's the smallest possibility in my mind, but I'm, I wouldn't say that I would be able to be convinced by any human being that God is real. I would have to witness firsthand, you know, the Holy host and then say, Oh, well, I guess I'm wrong. And if you truly believe in a benevolent God, then he would go, no worries, man. Welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Um, but if you're, you believe in a Jewish God, old Testament God, then he'd be like, <laughs> that, that ain't going, that ain't going to fly, which is why, you know, I'm getting to these arguments about like capital punishment and everything. And, and all this stuff is that if you, uh, if you believe in, if you believe truly in the, the God that is touted in the Bible, um, then you wouldn't be t- saying that God hates you and that you're going to burn for all eternity and, and whatnot. It, pretty much as a general rule, if you use the Bible to hurt somebody, you're using it wrong. Um, if you want a God that punishes and is wrathful and is, you know, has hatred, uh, you, Judaism, man, that's what we're all about. Come on over. You know, we, you're welcome. Um, but, you know, the Christian God, and that's why, you know, the Christian God is a, is a lot nicer. Uh, and that's, and I believe in the tenets of Christianity. You know, I believe in forgiving the person who has crossed you as opposed to what the old Testament God would do and, you know, murder them. Uh, so, you know, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm hard to pin down in some places, but on this, I, I would say ultimately bottom line, not for me. Hmm. That was around 10 minutes. Um, no, that was, I, that was fine. It, it's so. actually, it's actually kind of interesting. Cause I think, we like spiritually wise, like took like similar ish routes. We just mm-hmm. kind of came to different conclusions. Right. Cause uh, for myself, um, you know, I was raised up being a, a Christian. Um, I started out actually going to Catholic church. Then eventually, cause my uh, father is Catholic and my mom is Lutheran. Eventually we, we uh, switched over and started going to uh, Lutheran church. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, I actually really did enjoy the Lutheran church because, uh, like, it was a lot smaller and it just felt a little bit more like what church should be. Like our pastor, because I obviously took, like, catechism and everything. He kind of talked about how, like, church. Like, what, what, the, what, what is catechism? I don't know what catechism is. Uh, it's basically just it's kind of like Sunday school, but for older people. And then that's what okay. helps you get, like, confirmed into the church. Okay. Um, but essentially, like one of the things he taught us is like, like this building, it's, uh, it's not like this building alone isn't a church. A uh, church is a place where people gather to worship. So it's like if we went all went to like the bowling alley or something and all like worship there, technically that would become a church. So it's like the mm-hmm. building isn't what make it makes it a church. It's the people within it. 
Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I kind of like that more, like, simplistic. And I know you've talked about this, too, where you're, like, uh, whenever you, like, go off talking about, like, how Jesus, like, would be if he was, like, modern day, he'd be, like, hanging out with, like, yeah. the hippies and the homeless people and all of that. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people do kind of shy away from Christianity these days because you have all of these just, like, mega churches that like make millions of dollars and it's honestly kind of insane really insane yeah. um you have politicians and whatnot that spew out bible verses and stuff to kind of support hate and everything so i can see how you know a lot of people um can look at christianity and just be like no i don't want to be a part of that they're all just terrible people that hide behind a religion and unfortunately, um, there are quite a few of us that do, but there are good Christian people. Like, I don't want to be like, oh, oh, everyone who's a Christian, they're just terrible people who, you know, hmm. hide behind this mask and they're like, oh, I'll be forgiven. Um, now, in order to get forgiveness, uh, I can get into that more, but like, you have to really like actually feel bad and you know, truly ask for forgiveness. You can't just go do yeah. something bad and be like, oh, forgive me, God. I stole from my mom's purse or whatever, even if you don't care, you know. Um, but mm. anyways, so going back into like uh, me growing up and finding faith and whatnot. Um, so like as a kid, obviously, like it was just kind of something I went and did. Like, let's be real, probably as a kid, even if you are religious now, you know, you probably like, didn't like really fully believed you probably didn't want to go to church you're like why are we doing this mom like come on um so eventually yeah i forget what age it was it was probably around like seven or eight or so when i like really started thinking about like death and whatnot and so that's when i got into like the um i started thinking about i started thinking about kind of what you believe now where you know just lights out that's it you're done and so I kind of thought about like just that feeling of like you know dying and like when you die like if nothing passes on you have no memories no recollection of anything you did in your past life so you're just here and then you just no longer exist it's like what ha you are what you were before you were you which is absolutely nothing and so that was like where with you, it was more like, oh, the God's going to like send me to hell. That's scary. I don't want to believe in that. For me, it was like, oh, I don't want to be absolutely nothing. That's scary to me. And that's kind of more where my draw came to religion. Because I was like, like, why? Like, what is the point of anything unless there is something that goes further? So that's where I started um, getting into my faith a little bit more. And as I was kind of going through my uh, teachings and whatnot with religion, you know, following the Bible and everything, uh, there were some things that were, and the, those are like a lot of the more major disputes and whatnot in the Bible. Like, you know, one of the common ones that like has been completely disproven is like, you know, that the earth is like in the center of the universe and everything. Hmm. So you have those types of disputes where people take, things in the bible really literally and things of that sort and so just recently uh last year i took a class on um history of the scientific revolution and essentially during that time period um there was actually no such thing as like science the word wasn't even like invented yet mm -hmm. uh but what the uh, what we call scientists what they actually were were natural philosophers and so basically what these people did was they were like, hey, God created the natural world. So let's look at that and try and understand that. And through that, we will understand God's intentions. So which at the time the Pope did not like. He's like what yeah. the Bible says, you know, goes. And at that point as well, actually, no, was that during that time. I won't get into that because I'm not sure I'd have to read up more. But basically they were like, no, you're wrong. Cause that's when they started actually, that's when they like 
really started looking at the stars and whatnot and making calculations. And they're like, hey, it'd make more sense if, you know, the sun was in the middle. And the Pope was like, no, that's that's wrong. They're like, but no, it'd make more sense. And they're like, no, you're wrong. The Bible says it's like that type of deal. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of like differ from probably some more religion is I think I believe like, like I'll believe things like in the natural world will like kind of overwhelm the Bible in those regards. So like, Mm. you know, story of like Adam and Eve and everything and like how God was basically like made the earth in seven days. I'm like, okay, well, uh, actually, do you know where that story came from? Because I'm not sure. I, this is one thing I wanted to look up, but I never got a chance to. Where, where the story of Adam and Eve came from? No, like 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 Genesis and everything, like creation. Like, how how did like the author of that part in the Bible like know to write that? Do you have any idea I or no? I wouldn't know. My my dad my dad might know. Keep keep talking. Okay. Well, we might update that at some point, but yeah. Because basically, I'm kind of like, this is just me thinking on my own. I I want to do more research on this at some point. But the Bible even says like God said, let there be light and all of that. And it's kind of like, okay, was there just some guy there sitting there like watching and then wrote down what happened or. So that's kind of my thinking behind it. So I was kind of like, okay, maybe there's some parts in the Bible that absolutely aren't perfect. After all, the Bible itself even says that humans are imperfect. And who wrote the Bible? Um, I'm sure like even New Testament, um, like they, they were technically like witness accounts, you know, his disciples writing letters. And so I'm sure like a lot of that's accurate, but I mean, we all know if you, you know, witness a lot of counseling, go back and write about it. I mean, it's going to be pretty darn close, but it's not, your memory's not going to be absolutely perfect for that moment, you know? So that's kind of where I'm like, okay, like, I think the Bible is a fantastic guide, but I don't think it can pinpoint things exactly. You know? I think... Yeah, I think also the the thing to keep in mind for the Bible is that, and and you know, excuse me, and you know the Torah and all these you know holy books is that they they've been they they were written down in Aramaic and in you know ancient Hebrew and Yiddish and and all these languages and then translated and translated and translated until you eventually got them translated into English. And, right. you know, modern languages. And as we all know, like you translate one word wrong and it totally changes the entire meaning of the sentence or the phrase. So, you right. know, you have to keep, you have to keep that in mind, too, is that this is this stuff is being translated through and written by people across, you know, years and centuries and everything and then being translated. And and it's it's an imperfect science so you know you have you just have to keep that in mind when you're you know citing this as fact you know um which yeah just i guess i'm just going for the same point that you are is that you know it's not necessarily you know perfect the the words that are written down here in these books right and and so kind of one of the other things i've you know thought about too is like because like so a lot of people are like, uh, I think, oh, I might have mentioned this before, but okay. So one of the things like a lot of people bring up to me, if they're like kind of debating with me about religion or whatever, if they're like, okay, if God's like all powerful, you can do anything. You be like, like, why can't he just like make world peace or like just make everyone perfect, make no one die or whatever, you know? And so uh, first off, uh, I, unfortunately, I need to look up this philosopher's name, but there was one dude from that same kind of time period of the scientific revolution, and he was basically like, um, let's say there's like uh, another god somewhere who made an earth, and he made everyone on it perfect. Everyone, you know, did, did like what they were supposed to do. Everyone was kind to one another. No one hurt anyone else. It was just like a perfect little utopia earth. He argued that our Earth would be more good than that one, 
because everyone over there is programmed to be good. You know, they don't have the choice mm. to be good. They're all just being good because they have to. Yeah. So that's why he argued, like, our Earth is more good. Um, you told me about that. It yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. Plato? Didn't you say it was Plato? I don't know. I don't think it was Plato. Okay. I mean, I think Plato... I mean, if this is if we're talking about a Christian god, then it's clearly not Plato. Um, Although Plato, Plato believed he it wasn't Christianity by any means, but he did believe in a single omnipotent god. Omnipotent. That can be yeah, omnipotent. Sorry, my yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're fine. But yeah, okay. Huh. Well, yeah. like even even the Greeks, and I think that my dad cites this a lot. Even the Greeks and the Romans, they're even their um. Uh, even in their religions, you have one thing that supersedes all gods. And in their case, it's the fates that, that the, the fates determine who lives and dies and that they have, they have power that, you know, goes above the gods. And there are multiple instances in Greek and Roman myths where, you know, the fates decree one thing and the gods want, you know, another thing done, but, the fates went out because they have more power, which is interesting that even for the Greeks, there was something beyond the gods. There was, you know, something that superseded them. Right. That That's so there's that kind of relating uh, one of my more interesting conclusions that I think a lot of Christians might, uh, you know, sharpen sticks or whatever against uh, me for <laughs> is uh, that like, okay, so God, let's say like, is infinitely powerful as someone who's like stats major, gone to law math and stuff. Uh, anyone who's taken like, I think they, you probably know if you've taken like even like Calc 2 and stuff, uh, Calc 1, uh, you know infinities do have limits. And I think that the same is kind of true with God. I mean, obviously he's extremely powerful. Like I do believe he's like created the entire universe and everything, which is a lot of power, but even in the Bible, it says that after he created that, after seven days, he rested. Like, mm-hmm. if you can just do freaking anything, you don't have to rest, you know. Also, if he could do anything, um, obviously, there are other forces out there that can at least interfere. Otherwise, we'd all be chilling out in the Garden of Eden, you know, having a good time, just eating whatever, and except for, you know, the one tree. Yeah. So obviously there is some kind of interference there. So, I, I mean, he's definitely very powerful, but it's not like he can just kind of snap and do anything, you know? Which, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um... So as you can see, I'm Christian, but I'm, I'm like a, I, I'm my own branch for the most part. And that's why, that's why I, uh, I, I, you know, have said it once and I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Is um you are what I would characterize as um very a very true Christian in that you um well for one you think for yourself which not a lot of not a lot of you know any religious people do um not just Christianity like anything um but for two you you're very you're very uh, uh, kind to everyone. And that's a lot of what, although there, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of resources. There's a great book called Rebel that's about, you know, Jesus of Nazareth and everything because he was a real person. It's not, you know, some made up person. He was a real person. Um, and there's a lot of evidence to contend that what he said, what, um, I, I forget what, which apostle it was, whether it was Mark or, um, I forget who wrote down who wrote down the story of Jesus um, that a lot of what he put down was not um, the was not necessarily what Jesus meant that when Jesus said, you know, love thy neighbor, that he was he didn't necessarily mean everybody that he was actually a lot more um, into fighting the Romans, you know, violently than what was a ri- what was actually written down, which, you know, is interesting that there's historical evidence for that. And it's an interesting, you know, topic and whatnot. But the, the fact of the matter is what the religion is founded on is this 
this idea of, you know, forgiveness and being better than the person who opposes you and forgiving them and loving them and, you know, all this stuff. And that's, that's true Christianity, you know? And uh, I think there are a lot of people who claim to be Christians who don't follow that. And I think there are a lot of people who are not Christians that um, embody that a lot more than, you know, mainstream uh, than a lot of mainstream Christians do. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say you can definitely embody the lifestyle or the, the tenets and not necessarily accept the religion. Um, so that's, that's something. Uh, so uh, let me ask when you, cause I know Skylar who he, we had on the previous episode, right. um, I know he's spoken with his family before and he's spoken with me and he's cited himself as, um, believing that heaven were, uh, cause he, he does believe in, in a Christian God as well, that mm-hmm. heaven is in and of itself like a road that you're constantly traveling and meeting people and like, you know, people that you've met in your life and that you've never met in your life. And, and that it's not, you know, you're living in a great golden house and palace and have food and all this stuff. Cause that's, you know, mortal uh, selfishness. Those are all the sins that you are told not to indulge in. Um, and that heaven instead is like traveling and meeting people and being with people. So what, what would you, would you say that would be, you know, reflective of your view or would you say it'd be something different? Yeah, I actually, uh, cause like I never thought like too deeply about exactly what heaven was. Cause I know, you know, probably as a little kid, you know, like, um, a lot of people, you know, Eventually, as a kid, you know, you're probably going to ask your parents, like, what happens when we die, you know? And they'll probably give you that answer, like, oh, you'll get, like, as much candy and ice cream, and there'll be, like, yeah. a pool, and all your friends will be there. And so they kind of, like, you know, probably describe, like, heaven like that. And um, I think I, I just almost, like, just kind of took that information, never really thought about it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to die. It's going to be a good place. Um, until eventually I, um, I took, uh, basically, uh, introduction to philosophy. And in that class, we talked completely about, uh, Plato's The Republic. And, um, in that, um, we talked about basically, uh, so, and this also relates back to kind of my, um, belief about, um, understanding God through like nature and like the natural world and part of that uh, what plato kind of describes is basically there's two kinds of like goods like they're kind of those more immediate things that you like think will make you happy um but really in the long run if you like continued with those things they actually don't and that's like one of the big debates that like Socrates in the book is like having with all these like rich arms dealers and whatnot because they're like but I'm happy with like all my money and my women and yada 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 and he's like yeah but that basically won't like like that couldn't last you an eternity like you might think it makes you happy but overall somewhere deep down you're gonna be like missing something and so that's also kind of like why like if that's how things just happen naturally, like if I can't truly be happy with these types of goods, then obviously how like good are they? Mm. So I've put more of an emphasis on, um, you know, things that should be important, like having good relationships with, you know, people and everything and, you know, having good friendships, helping people out. Cause that's, you know, what kind of makes you feel more complete. So I believe just like both like how it naturally works, like if that makes me feel good and complete, obviously that's something that God wants, you know? So that's when he also brought up like with like heaven, he's like, so if all these things that God doesn't want you to have and do, like you're supposed to like push away from material possessions and stuff because it won't make you feel good. Why would he put that in heaven for you? Why would that be a reward for doing all these good things on earth, you know? 
So uh, that's when he kind of brought the idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense that when you go to heaven, just I don't know about like just a straight road or whatever. And you just travel and meet people. But I do think that would be like you just going around, meeting people, enjoying other people's company, things of that nature. And you just kind of do that on an infinite plane. Yeah. 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 And I like the idea. I think, honestly, I could do that forever. I I honestly don't think if I I was, like, put in a mansion with, like, video games or whatever I want, I don't think I could live in there for an eternity. Yeah, I I totally, I could spend an eternity, you know, strutting around, talking with people. Right. I think there actually Um, was, wasn't there a Twilight Zone episode where there was that, like, burglar or whatever, and he died, and he was sent to heaven. I say heaven in quotations. Yeah. And basically, this dude was like, hey, you're in heaven. Congratulations. Uh, I don't even think he said heaven. I think he's just like, hey, you're dead. I can give you whatever you mm-hmm. want. And so he started giving him, like, money and a mansion and women. And so, like, after this guy spent, like, kind of days with all of that stuff, eventually he was like, there's no point in having money if I can have whatever I want, like, I'm just yeah. kind of getting sick and tired of all these women like day after day after day after day. And then like the guy's like, come on, I just want to like hang out with like my old like friend and whatnot. And the guy eventually it's revealed that he's actually in hell and yeah. that he's just being tortured by just being given everything that he wanted in his old life. Good old classic Twilight Zone. Right. Throwing the old, throwing the old switcheroo. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh um, yeah, I mean, that's that's why. Like, uh, I mean, uh, when when we talked about alien life, right? Uh, we talked. I told you about the Golden Record and Voyager and um, Carl Sagan, uh, and he and you know, I told you the love story, which I actually I I I told you wrong. It was Annie Drian, his wife, who actually said for keeps. Uh, she asked him to marry her, and he was like, okay. "Yep, okay." Um, so uh the um the the, the thing was like because uh, Carl Sagan and Annie Drian as physicists are want to be are very were very much um not religious and uh didn't believe in uh any form of a god. And she said she says, like she's been interviewed, she says that she keeps getting asked um by people because Carl Sagan was so adamantly you know, open about how he was, you know, and, you know, an atheist. And she says, people come up to her and ask her if he changed his mind at the end, like when he was dying, if he had any, uh, change of heart. And she said, no, said he pretty much stuck with it till the end stuck, you know, was by his convictions and wasn't swayed. And people say, you know, Oh, well, you know, do you think you'll see him again? And she goes, no, (laughs) (laughs) she said she said you know carl sagan and i had our time together but we had and it was you know the happiest time of their lives she said but it was they weren't or she said that we weren't you know um we didn't deceive ourselves by or dilute the time that we had together by just saying oh well we'll be together again you know this will happen again in an afterlife said that we that that felt wrong to say that because it kind of made the time that they had together less significant and she said said, i I don't think i'll ever see him again and uh i i don't think there he's waiting for me or anything like that said but um i'm very happy with the time that we had together because that was heaven and that's what I, you know, that's what I think is that this, this right here is, can be heaven if you make it, you know, if you, if you enjoy this, um, this, these moments, you, you can make it heaven. But if you constantly worry and stress about things, then you can make it hell just as easily, um, perhaps even easier. So uh, I just thought that that was, that was very, it was very interesting that she, she saw it as you know, diluting their, their love and their time together by saying, oh, well, it's not all we have. We have all of eternity. And it felt wrong to say that. Um, so I, 
all I excuse me, all I want for myself after death is to become a tree, you know, just cremate me and put me in a put me in a hole and plop a sapling down and let it absorb me um and we'll you know and that's that's what I want to be I want to become a tree and and I'm I'm happy with that um and if I do you know if I like if I turn off and, and wake up uh, uh what do you call it wake up and I'm standing in front of I'm standing in the good place, we'll say, uh, <laughs> in some in some afterlife, and I'll think, you know, well, well I was wrong, um, but much like the first, you know, much like Elnor in the good place, I'd be curious, like I'd be like, what? Who was right? Like, what was, you know, what was the accuracy rate? You know, um, and and I'd, I'd be interested to see what kind of a god there is, uh, if it was, you know, benevolent. Christian God or wrathful Old Testament God, or am I facing, you know, am I facing down the, the Greek gods and Apollo and Zeus and all that? Uh, it'd be interesting. And, and, and if I could, if I came back as a ghost, you know, being a ghost would probably, would probably be really awful because, you know, you wander the earth for eternity. But I think about like, if I came back as a ghost, and oh, like everyone else I knew came back as ghosts, like because you know there's stories of haunted houses where the you know the mother's crying in the den and the father you know scares people upstairs in his room. I think like that that kind of sounds like heaven is spending eternity with the ones you love most in the place that you felt the most. You know, like the isn't that I could see that. Although if like the mom's like crying and stuff, that's I was almost thinking the opposite. Like, well, if you died and became a ghost and you're just like kind of stuck on earth where like no one could like hear you or see you or anything like well if that was just your hell well that's yeah that's why you know being a ghost sounds like hell but if i if i was stuck like if i you know usually ghosts quote unquote um are attracted to uh places where um they've suffered the most you know pain or whatnot but, you know, say, like, I haunted my house here and uh, my parents haunted this house, too. Then and I could if I could interact with other ghosts, which I don't see why you wouldn't be able to, then I'd have a grand old time because I'd just be like, yeah, what's up? Like, you know, Ma, Pa, we're here together and you know, wandering around. And there's no real reason to be sad because, you know, I'm. You know, people can't hear me, but other ghosts can. I got my mom and dad here, so why would I, you know? Or you got your buds around you. So I don't see why that's not, you know, and there's stories of people of ghosts latching onto people and haunting people in their homes or whatnot. So I, I would be, a, I, I, I would enjoy, uh, would probably get, you know, tiring after a while, but if heaven is spending eternity with loved ones, then I don't see if it makes a difference if you're, you know, in some plane of existence somewhere, or if you're in this one in the physical realm, you're just not physically there, you know? Right. Like I, I, I feel like, I feel like it'd be, I feel like it'd be, you know, and be kind of cool. You chilling in the bedroom, some kids sleep in there and you're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, fold this kid's clothes. It'll be a helpful ghost. Yeah, you know? let be me a, just be a cool... stack up this furniture. The... Yeah, just real quick. Let me. Yeah, you, know, you know what? I'd be a ghost in the theater. You get free shows, dude, and you can. Ooh. Yeah, right. And you can slam some doors and be spooky and add to the theater ambiance. And you know, you, you can do that. It'd be it'd be a helpful ghost. I'd run lights in the theater, um, but of course, not gonna happen. Um, it's gonna be a. Got to here for a good ride. Well, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it what I'll make it. Yeah, and I will answer to no god, only me. Which I find very interesting. Like Supernatural does this line is, um, when you, uh, when you like create, when you write, 
you know, you create or like we do, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, you create worlds and stuff. You become gods. Like you hold the fate of characters in your hands. And so I've always thought like, what, uh, what if that's the case? Like, what if we're, you know, a story being told and this is some God writing the story um, and we are experiencing it. And every time we write a story, we create a consciousness and a universe that exists and then, you know, uh, maybe carries on without us. Cause if you feel that way, sometimes like Stephen King talks about it and I, I know what he means. Like when I'm writing stories and I think, Ooh, I, I bet this is going to happen. And then I get to that point and I'm like, that doesn't feel right. Like that's not the right thing. That's not what happens. And then you write about, you're like, oh, oh, here it is. Like, this is, this is the next step in the story. This is the plot line. You know, um, you're not totally in control of it. Do you think, well, hold up. Do you think that's how, like, free will works? Like, you kind of create this character and whatnot, and then you're, like, writing how they go about, and eventually you're like, no, this character wouldn't do this. Yeah. So you make them do yeah. what you think they would do? Do you think that's like their form of free will? Like they're now in control of themselves because maybe you want them to do something, but then you're like, no, they wouldn't do that. Well, that's, that's a trippy thought. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, when, yeah, when you create uh, that that's a sign of a round character, you create a character that appears to have free will and isn't just acting in the interests of the screenwriter or whatever that, get so upset at movies or tv shows like game of thrones is you've created such a great you know well-rounded character and then they just do this totally out of character dumb thing just to advance the plot along it's like wh- what the heck you know so right um, yeah 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 I, I see what you're I, I i get it i can i can see that um because I, I did that like I, I told someone i was writing a story and i said oh i know how this has to turn out and i'm sad that it has to turn out this way and they were like well then just change it, like write it, write a different ending. I said, I can't do that because that's not the truth. That's not the real ending. You know, I can write it sad and, you know, or I can make it a happy ending. The person changed, but that's not the true ending. You know, that's, that's not the way it happened. It's got to happen this way. And, um, and it's pretty cool that like I, I, I wrote the first half of this story. Um, and, it's like, you know, a hundred page and, you know, a little over a hundred pages or whatever. And I, uh, which is not much in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I wrote it and then I went on and started writing the second part. And as I was writing the second part, I'm like developing this different side plot, um, that is, you know, essential. And, and then I, I realized I was like, Oh my God, that, that thing in the first plot, like, that was important in the beginning and just kind of seemed to fade into nothing at the end. I'm like, that, cause I was upset about this. I'm like, this is, you know, this person goes through all this stuff to, you know, trying to do this and then they do it. And it's kind of like, man, nothing happened. Um, they didn't really need to do that. And then I realized, Oh my gosh, that's how it comes into play. This thing that they, that like, that was happening. Like it, I see how it all connects together and I'm writing the story. Like, I'm not coming up like, how am I going to fix that? It just like popped in my head. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that, that works. That works. It comes together and, you know, the whole thing makes sense now. Like, you're discovering the story. Like, so kind of, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but you're more of a conduit the way for, to, for telling the story, less so creating it. You're, you know, ex- allowing it to be expressed through you, which a lot of actors talk about, which I feel, you know, you step into a character, you step into a role experience them for that time and then step back out of it and yeah it's a it's a neat little neat little idea and i i appreciate it right um yeah we're getting close to our time here uh got anything else you'd like you think is of note um i'm i don't think so do you have anything else any other questions i really um yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I think the I think the end is you got to decide for yourself, and uh, you know, whatever you decide is right, you know. Yeah, so I guess, long as you're not hurting other people doing it. 
Yeah, I think kind of my final statement here is that, like, you know, we don't really know what happens after we die. And, you know, whatever you kind of choose to believe, um, I think pretty much with all the main beliefs, nothing can really be proven wrong or right. So, you know, it's kind of up and up in the air until, you know, eventually we kick the bucket. Yeah. And then you won't be able to tell people um, yep. if there is something. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I, I think we're both happy with the, uh, with the beliefs we've come to believe in. And, um, and that's, that's nice. That's, that's good. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that seems, seems to wrap it up. Yeah, I think they actually wrapped up pretty nicely. Yeah, that, that was good. That was, that was a nice little, you know, little, little, little ditty there. Good one. Um, all right. Well, that's that's episode eight. Eight? I think this is. Wait a minute. You said eight earlier. This might it? be episode. Is it? Is it eight? It might be either eight or nine. Um, and there are. 10 required for my um for my media practicum so this will be this won't be the penultimate though i think we have at least two more left in which we're going to talk about um corporations and their influence on our society and um uh the the, the climate change and those those will probably be our our last two at least of this season we might carry on into season two Right, uh, but we'll cross it, cross that bridge when we come to it. Oh boy, good talk, good talk, good talk. I Wait. hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Twenty Two Hours yeah. to Park City. Yeah, yeah, everyone. You know, keep keep it, keep your comments coming. They've been non-existent, but you know, we we <laughs> we, we we hear you, nevertheless, in our hearts. So. Um, thanks for that. Uh, all right. I think that just about does it, Wade. Yep. All right, folks. Uh, take care and be good people. See you next time.